for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step. We have a question for you today. Where would you be if you had not encountered Jesus? What would you be experiencing right now if Jesus had not come into your life and made the positive changes that he did? Pastor Doyle, that's the question we're getting to. Well, yeah. If if I didn't know Jesus, I can tell you I'd be working really hard to make a lot of money, be about myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't give every one of my weekends to hanging out with Christians, mm-hmm. see? I, I, my life is has been changed by Jesus. Well, that's really the core of the concept of redemption. Redemption says, okay, I know I was on a course of action, a course mm-hmm. of life, and God stepped into that. Now, sometimes God uses people to do that. Sometimes He uses circumstances. Sometimes He uses world events to shake us up. And then sometimes there's supernatural parts of it. But there's a process that God takes us to uh, to get us to the point that we'll surrender to Him. And we don't always surrender. That's why when we read through the Bible and we read the prophets and they talk about Israel, God kept trying to get them to repent, and they wouldn't. And and so let's look today at this process. That's why this is important to me, because if you can recognize the process, then A, you can you maybe can help other people with the process, and you can lean in to say, okay, God, I thank you that you've redeemed me. Yeah, I don't think there's a better way to see the beauty of God than to look back at your life and say, well, this is what could have been. Here's oh, where yeah. I could be right now. Yeah. So I'm excited here on Your Next Step to get into this message. We call it Redeemed. It says in First Peter that Jesus suffered for us, mm. that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you have been healed. The other thing that Jesus does is he actually crucifies our sin. He kills it. He says it has to be dead to us. It's, it's dead to him. It's dead. It has to die. So the first step in moving forward is recognizing Jesus carries your sin. The second one, Jesus crucifies your sin. He kills it. It brings it to death. I want to tell you about Super Glide Bob. All right. Super Glide Bob was a friend of mine. Super Glide Bob was this big dude. All right. He had a big beard. And yes, he had a Harley. That's why he was called Super Glide Bob. But he also had a reputation for cleaning out bars. And that doesn't mean he turned them around to financial future. It meant that he would go in and he'd pick fights just to see who the biggest person was and to take them out. One day, um, a friend of his invited him to our church in Cincinnati. And at that time, I was the small groups pastor, and I didn't preach that often. But uh, my friend who led a 12-step group brought Bob on a Sunday when I was preaching. And Bob accepted Christ. 
And he began to, to clean up his life. He began to, to be a part of one of our groups. And he began to learn how Jesus had died for his sins. And he starts living for God. He's trying to put his life back together. Well, he got in a fight with his ex-wife one night. And he didn't know what to do. And it flipped off all these bells in his brain that made him go back to his old way of life. And he headed for the bar. He started drinking. He got into a fight, got kicked out, and he goes home. Well, someone has called the police on him, and they've surrounded his house. He's been in trouble more than once with the police. And when he sees those, those flashing blue lights coming in the window of his house, he sits down on the floor, he grabs a revolver, and he says, I'm going to end it. And Jesus spoke to him. And the Lord said to him, don't do it, Bob, don't do it. And he put down the gun and they arrested him. He got a quick speedy trial because he had such a record and everything. They sent him to Lebanon to Warren Correctional, the prison up there. And I got a call from Barry and he said, hey, Bob's been uh, put in prison and he's given me a call. He wanted to know if you'd be willing to come and, and meet with him. Would you go up there? See, Bob was so ashamed. He felt like it was all over. He thought we wouldn't love him anymore because he made that mistake. I said, sure, Barry, we'll go. And I remember the drive up to the prison. Barry and I were talking. We're riding in his truck. And I said, he's got to understand that he has to die to sin this time. He can't let it, he can't let it rise back up. He's got to, he's got to bury his sin. That's what we've got to talk to him about today. If he's serious about Jesus taking all of his sin. And I want you to know he was so humble. He was so sweet. I remember that day. I remember putting all my stuff in the box and getting examined and going through multiple gates and then feeling like my life was being taken away just to go see him in the commons area. And, and we got there. He said, I, I just couldn't believe that you would come visit me in prison. And so Barry and I began to pray with Bob and we began to, to, to visit him regularly. He began reading his Bible. And I want you to know, he totally dealt with, with his old nature. He said, that cannot live in me. I, I remember showing up and he shaved off his beard. He's, he's, he's slimmed down because he started running. He's been reading his Bible. Every book we sent him, he would have it all marked up and he would have questions when we would visit. He was totally transformed. He came to the conclusion that Jesus died on a cross so that he could die to that messy life he'd always been living and that he wanted a new life. And he said, Jesus, you can have all my mess. And see, that's what it means to crucify, to crucify that old nature. It means you're going to die to it completely. He got released and he's a counselor today. He helps for several years. He worked at Teen Challenge mm -hmm. and then he, he opened his own counseling service and he, he helps other people get free today. Jesus also, he just cancels. He cancels our sin. This is what Paul says about it in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
And you see, this is the difficulty in what we're trying to explain. You don't have to be perfect. And that's challenging, isn't it? Because Peter says, be holy as God is holy. And after the beatitude, at, at the end in Matthew 5, 28, it says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so canceling sin doesn't mean that the bar is not still high. It just means that he has to do it. He has to help us. It doesn't excuse away our, our, all the things that keep us from the presence of God. It just says that Jesus covered it for us. See, when you try to be perfect, the root of perfection is rejection. So if somebody rejected you in your life, or if you think falsely that God rejected you, you might try to be perfect, try to be perfect all the time, but that's impossible. The only perfect person on the earth was Jesus, and he understands that. So when I see this, the righteousness of God, that means that you are right with God, and God says, you are okay because Jesus canceled it. That's why we're okay. Have you, have you ever been rescued? You know, Jesus is our rescuer, but one time I experienced a true rescue and it was from Doyle. What happened was this. We were newlyweds. We lived a year in Israel and we decided on our spring break that we would backpack to Egypt because we wanted to see where the Israelites lived before they crossed the Red Sea. And we had friends with us. We had, uh, there were three girls and three guys and Doyle and I were the only ones married. And when we arrived at the Nile River, to say it was hot is the understatement of the oh, year. I mean, we were dripping in sweat and we go into this hotel lobby. It's a one, maybe two star hotel. And I just remember it was so smoky and dingy and dark that we couldn't even, we could hardly see to get to the registration desk. And we get to the registration desk. There are feral cats swarming around our ankles. We're, we're, we're dripping sweat. We're talking to the guys and the foolish American girls, we are dressed inappropriately. We're in our shorts. We don't know the culture of the day. And the guys behind the counter are extremely flirty. They are hitting on us. They're flirting with us. And we get two room keys to the ninth floor. And up we go. And we have balconies overlooking the Nile River. No air conditioning, but we did have balconies. If so you lean out just right, you could see the Nile River. It wasn't, you know. So here we are and we get up there and the girls are discussing that they want a girl's room and then they want a guy's room. And Doyle is concerned about the safety of this and he's expressing his concerns and, and it ended up, he lost the vote and we had a girl's room and a guy's room. So before we closed the door, you're, this is before cell phones. You have to realize we had no cell phone and Doyle says to me, okay, Jennifer, now here's the plan. When you close that door, I want you to put the chair underneath the doorknob. And if there is a problem, this is what you're going to do. You're going to open that balcony window. You're going to lean out and you're going to scream my name as loud as you can. And I'm like, okay. So by now I am completely freaked out. We get, we get, I wasn't worried up until this point. We, we get into, we get into bed and I can't sleep. I can't sleep a wink. 2 a.m. I'm still, I'm worried about everything, thinking about everything. And then I finally fall into that deep, deep sleep in that perfect sweet spot of sleep when the phone rings and the other girl answers the phone. And all I can hear is her saying, Oh yes, that's correct. There's no guys in our room and no Doyle Jackson's not in our room. And 
and she hangs up the phone and I pop out of bed and I look and the doorknob is going like this. And I open up the balcony sliding door and I lean over the Nile River and I scream at the top of my lungs, Doyle! And he, like a bullet out of the bed and he runs down the hall and he chased away those guys. And I'm telling you to this day, I am so grateful because he truly, he truly rescued us. And so then we had like a a family meeting with everyone and all the guys got to come in our room and we made a new safety plan. And I don't think we slept at that point. When you've been in a desperate situation and someone shows up, nothing but appreciation comes out of you. The gratitude, the, the, the true thankfulness. And see, that's part of, of your new redemption story. It's why you share it. It's why you're unashamed. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the Acts Method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at DoyleJackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to DoyleJackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. I've I've told you before, when I was a boy, I was losing my hearing. And this man laid his hands on my ears. His name was Joseph Matzenbos. He was from Sweden. He was a godly man. He prayed for me. And when he took his hands away, my ears were open and I could hear. When God moves in your life, you're unashamed to share what he's done. And this is what we see in the psalmist. This is why God invites Israel again and again. Remember what I did for you. Remember what I did to give you the promised land. When you and I forget our redemption story, we're in a dangerous place. Listen to Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, God takes you and he redeems you and he gives you a new life. In the New Testament, it says you're a new creation. That God causes your life to blossom and come forward and, and, and bear great fruit. And see, that's the power of the kingdom of God. You, you are here, God is here, and you feel the tension of this space between you and God because you want to be close to him, don't you? And you just say to the Lord, Lord, here's the situation. This is the problem that I have. And if there's something you want me to do, if there's a place you want me to go, if there's something you want me to say to change it, I will do that. I will obey you. And then you simmer on it and you wait and you listen and you spend time in his presence and you dig through your Bible and you worship him. And if he shows you something, you obey and you do it. And bam, you're right back close to the Lord. But sometimes in that space, he doesn't give you anything because there's nothing you can do. And so you say, Lord, I release all the control to you. And you have to realize that he's the restorer. He's the one that renews. For 30 years, I was away from my parents on Christmas. They lived in another town, and it was one of the greatest griefs in my life. But there was nothing that I could do to fix it. But I kept bringing it to him and bringing it to him. And, you know, some of you, you know what it's like to be here in America from another country, and you miss your family. And I think about those of you that were missionaries, and you went for years, and you missed your family. And that's where I was, and I would just bring that to the Lord. And he brought my family here. After 30 years, it was an amazing restoration because some things only God can do. And he will do that for you. He wants to do that for you. What I think is so important is sometimes we don't understand when it says that God satisfies our our soul, that God gives us good things. It's it's not just a a material aspect, but I, I don't want you to take that off the table. God will meet your material needs. But when God talks about satisfying your soul, he's talking about your mind. He's talking about good decisions. He gives you the ability to make good decisions. And then finally, he heals your emotions. So in Jerusalem, when you go to live in Jerusalem, one of the first words they teach you is shalom. Shalom. So you walk up to someone on the street and you say, shalom. And, and, and that's your greeting. And it's actually a blessing from God. It means may God make you complete and whole as he intended you to be. So when you and I talk about a satisfied soul, it means that our emotions are not frazzled anymore. Our ability to make a decision, okay, is streamlined because we automatically know how to make a good decision. And, and our, our mind is at peace. Now you need to know the world in which we live is a mess at the soul level and we need God's help. And so when you come to the Lord and you, he repairs you, the new freedom you feel is this every day you get up, you go into life, your emotions are steady. You're not thrown off. 
You, you feel peace and you feel satisfied. You feel contentment and you walk into life with this gratitude and, and this ability to give away peace to other people. You know how when you're at a parade and the people are throwing candy to everybody, <laughs> that's the way you are. You begin to throw away the peace of God wherever you go. It's like candy from your pocket and people feel love. They feel accepted. They feel like, oh my goodness, God, God has done something for them. I want that too. They may begin by the Holy Spirit to recognize their gap and they're going to ask you questions. How is it that you can be the way you are? And you say, Jesus gave it to me. Jesus gave it to me. What I tried in my own strength, I could not do, but the Lord Jesus on the cross gave me freedom. He gave me life. And see, that's what happens. That's why my friend Bob can give away freedom today. He knows it. I want to show you a passage of scripture from Matthew because it gives, it paints us a picture of people that learned this gratitude and learned this freedom. And they got it from Jesus in Matthew chapter 26, verse six, it says, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, the leper pause, I've got to interrupt that. <laughs> so when it says when Jesus is at Bethany, that means that he's on the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple in Jerusalem. All right. And, and Jesus is there at Simon, the leper's house. Well, hold it. Why would you go to a party at a leper's house? Lepers aren't allowed to be around people. It's because he's been healed. The reason Jesus is coming to the party is because Simon is a grateful, restored life. Who's experienced the supernatural power of the living God, Jesus. And he is grateful and he's so excited about his new freedom that he throws a party at his house. He says, everybody come over. I'm paying for everything. My life has been transformed. I want you to meet the Jesus that I've met. See, he's telling his story. He's grateful. He's thankful. He's living in freedom. All the disciples are there. And then this other woman shows up because she's grateful too. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. And when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could be sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. I believe this woman was Mary. I believe that she had lived a life far from God a life of sin. And she thought that she was rejected by the religious people of the world. She was rejected by her own family. But when she met Jesus, he restored her. And she was so grateful. She was so thankful. She showed up with the most expensive thing that she had. It, it may have been a family inheritance. We don't know. It was worth so much. And she begins to to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and dry it with her hair and anoint his body. And yeah, the disciples, uh, we know for sure that it was Judas Iscariot, that Judas was the one that, that riled him up. In John chapter 12, it tells us how he complained about this. And listen, there's going to be people that will complain about your celebration over God's goodness in your life. There's going to be people that are saying, you're wasting your wealth on the kingdom of God. They're going to tell you, you're wasting your, your life serving Jesus. You're not. 
You're not. You're just beginning to experience the powerful presence of the living God. And, and you're so grateful. It's so beautiful. It's, it's picturesque. See, this is, the, this is the dream that God had for you. And this is the gap that you saw. You saw, man, I've got a discontentment. I, there's something missing. And then as you get closer and closer to Jesus, you, you feel like Simon and Mary. And think about the very kindness. If you look at that passage in John, the kindness of Jesus toward Judas, he was trying to get him to turn around and he didn't respond. I mean, he, he Jesus was trying to give him a chance ahead of time to get it right, wasn't he? I love the nature of God. You know, one of our favorite things to do was to go to Doyle's mother's house and she would make meatloaf, macaroni and cheese and lima beans. It was the best meal ever. And in her meatloaf, she had onions. She had Italian sausage. She had brown sugar. She had all this good stuff. It was so yummy. And the next day we would eat leftover meatloaf sandwiches. And I think about the nature of God. Every bite of God is good. There are so many qualities that we love about God. And when you eat his mom's meatloaf, it is such a great experience. It is so rewarding. And I think the hardest part about this lesson is for you to see, I just have to eat it. I just have to receive the goodness of the Lord, that he's a renewer, he's a restorer, that he redeems me. And that sometimes we, we're always the giver, but in this case, God wants you to receive from him and taste. That is redeemed on your next step. Pastor Doyle, I'm so thankful I've been redeemed. Yeah. Well, have you ever lost something and then... You thought, oh man, it was gone forever, oh, yeah. and then you you found it again, and you were so happy. I, I've got a, a pair of earbuds that are like that. They they were noise canceling, and I think I think my boys saved up and bought them for me, and so they were important to me. And then somehow I lost them, and then I found them again. Well, that is the story of redemption. Absolutely, we we lost a relationship with God, and um, He took the time to send His Son. And he pursued us, okay? And some of us, we take it for granted because we grew up in a Christian home. And so today, I just want you to focus on, in closing, I want to give you a challenge today. Spend part of your day making a list of gratitude. Yes. Make a list of things you're thankful for, for what God has done in your life, where your life would be today if he hadn't shown up. Make a list of the people that you know today. I, just take some time to be grateful, and then verbalize it out loud. Say, God, I praise you because you are an amazing God that you would you would think of me, and, and then thank him. Praise and thanksgiving will transform your life. Absolutely. I don't think there's anything more transformative than thanksgiving. So that is a great assignment. I hope everybody will uh, take us up on that. They will do that gratitude list. Uh, give thanks to God in that way. Hope you'll share the podcast with other people as well. Gratitude will bless their life. The story of redemption will bless their life. So share this episode with somebody and then come back because we're going to have even more Your Next Step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. 
Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.